Let's say our verse for this week. It is Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. All right, you could work on that one. Lord willing, tonight we will uh, let those who have been working on last week's verse recite it in this evening's service as well. If our ushers would come at this time, we will receive our tithes and offering. While we are receiving the offering here in our service, let me share a great need, your prayers. Please pray with us that God would use and bless the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. This program is a ministry of Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland. If the Lord would lay on your heart to donate to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour, we will provide our contact information at the end of this program. We will now return to the service. We'll sing hymn number 396, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder, I'll Be There. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. morning when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of his resurrection share. When his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the sun, and the roll is called of yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called of yonder, when the roll is called of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, 
that happened during camp is um, I had the opportunity to teach a class that was (coughs) a camper elective class in the afternoon. And I had uh, three afternoons for about an hour. And uh, it was choice activities. The kids could come to a teaching class. They could go uh, do uh, target practice, uh, archery. Uh, they had quite a variety of activities and events that they were doing. I, I was asked to teach our campers about personal daily devotions, how to develop their devotions to be more meaningful and to develop their lives and, and to grow in the Lord. And I really enjoyed doing that. I put a booklet together. I don't have a copy of that. But uh, to my pleasant surprise, over half of the campers chose to come in all three days to learn about how to have personal daily devotions. Uh, competing with a rifle range uh, I, I, I was impressed in the spiritual values of our campers with that. And so I was able to do that, and I received a lot of good feedback of young people learning more about how to have devotions and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then uh, each morning, uh, one of the uh, men and one of the ladies would uh, have a, a breakout session, and I would take... Uh, the morning that I had, I would take the boys and uh, one of the ladies would take the girls. The girls would all, all the girls would have to go to that. All of the guys would have to go to this one. And we would teach a subject and 
that went along with our theme. The theme for the week was growing in grace. And I was uh, asked what lesson I would like to teach of the building blocks of growing in grace. And because of a lot of the challenges that I've been reading that young people are facing, but I don't think it's just young people, it's going beyond. I taught on the principle of growing in hope. Growing in hope. And we're going to look at that as one of the building blocks. You see, growing in grace, there's, there's a lot of building blocks to it. There's, there's growing in patience, growing in long suffering, growing in faith, uh, growing in hope. And, and you could have all of these building blocks that build the spiritual life of a believer. And so tonight we're going to deal with, uh, growing in hope. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning, and uh, I believe it's important to share this with our church family to encourage them, to strengthen them, because no doubt some of them will struggle with this at some point in their life. And so, Father, I pray that as we look at God's Word, you will build their lives, encourage them, strengthen them, and, Father, that they would have a strong hope in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in His precious name. Amen. To, to help with an object lesson, I'm going to start my uh, uh, stopwatch here that has nothing to do as to how long I'm going to preach. <laughs> but it will help with, with an object lesson in just a few moments. Salvation is, is not simply about eternal life. Uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should be saved and shall have everlasting life. But they're saved. You have eternal life from that point. But the Christian life is about far more than just a new home in heaven and uh, an escape of hell and a pardon from the penalty of the curse of sin. It's far more than that. In John chapter 10 and verse Verse 10, and we dealt with that a week ago uh, in regards to the Good Shepherd. He said that he came to give us life more abundantly. The Christian life can be an abundant life. I've been walking with the Lord and serving the Lord for many years, most of my life. And do you know what? It's been a full life. I, it's been an abundant life. It's been a marvelous life, uh, what God has been able to do. And so he wants us to have an abundant life, a fullness of life right now in this mortality, even while we're waiting to go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, from the point of salvation, we are to have some changes and our life is to become different. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Old things have passed away. Behold, all has become new. Everything about us, once we're saved, is changing. Because before it was all based on the flesh and the things of the world. Oh, it could be religious, but it wasn't really spiritual. But now that we're saved, our whole life, our focus is centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Ephesians 4, 24 and Colossians 3, 10, these verses talk about a life that is changed. I believe one of the crucial building blocks to the new and abundant life in Christ is hope. Having hope. This ought to be a dynamic difference between a believer and an unbeliever. You see, there's two sources of hope that are available to anybody or everybody. The first source is unreliable. 
It's rooted in man's ability and defined by human wisdom. It has limited validations through scientific discovery, human experience, and it's temporal and it can fail. It might work. It might come through. Uh, there have been miners that have uh, been in a uh, shaft collapse and they're back in behind the collapsed area and they're hoping somebody will get there and dig that out and get them out before they die. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes their hope is realized. Sometimes it is not. The other source of hope is a secure hope. It is rooted in God's ability and defined by the Word of God. Romans 15 and verse 4, these are a couple of verses that we're going to look at here and then we'll build upon this this evening. Romans 15 verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the what? Scriptures, the Word of God, might have hope. Verse 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So here we understand, because by reading the Word of God, we can have hope. And we have hope in the God of hope. But not only that, it's not, well, I can just eke out a little hope. It's abounding hope. It's a flourishing, it's a thriving hope. It's an unwavering hope that he has for us. Let me give you a definition, hope defined. It is that mental and emotional desire for something good with an expectation of getting it. We had a medical hope for Max. We were hoping we would have a good report from the PET scan. Now, we realize that was an unsecure hope other than what God can do. We realize it was limited with what science and medical science and and what man can do. But do you know, we had a hope of some good things and we received it. That's hope. Then no hope, hopelessness, defined something or some things are bad. And there seems to be no expectation of any good. There seems to be no reason in one's thinking that anything good can be expected. It's just the end is there of something. It's over whatever it is. Hopelessness. Hopelessness turns into despair with depression that leads you to bad choices. Everyone needs hope, and especially believers, to have a valid, trustworthy, and provable hope in and throughout life. We need that kind of hope because the ultimate symptom of hopelessness is giving up on life, even to the point of suicide. Um, This is becoming a plague in our country. We are experiencing plagues at an astronomical number. Day after day, week after week. And the bottom line, the primary reason for this, they are victims of hopelessness. They feel like they have no hope. Nothing can get any better. And so why live? In 2021, over 48,000 Americans 
died of suicide. There is approximately 1,204,575 annual attempts in the United States attempting suicide. That's in America only. Over 1,204,575. That is an attempt to commit suicide every 26 seconds. Not everybody that attempts is successful at that, but over a million attempts, one every 26 seconds. Here's where I brought in the uh, timer. Let me uh, stop that. We have eight minutes and 13 seconds. Eight times 60 is what? 480 seconds. Is that correct? So 493 seconds. 493 divided by 26. That means since I started this timer in America, 19 people have tried to commit suicide. They give up on hope. They have no hope. Veterans, is it still 19 to 21 a day? Veterans come back. 19 to 21 veterans per day commit suicide. Not attempt, but commit suicide. That's a bunch. Um, Suicide is the third leading cause of death for ages 15 to 24 in the United States. This age group makes up 13% of the nation's population, but it is more than 13% of the suicide attempts. And committed. It is understood that medically serious attempts at suicide are four times more likely among the LGBT plus youth. There's been such a push and such an intense peer pressure to get people to, to go down this road. The Bible calls it sodomy. And it becomes such a cliche and such a fad and and all of this. But do you know that their suicide rate is four times more than any other group of people? Do you know why? Because they have rejected themselves. And self-rejection can be one of the worst rejections anybody can experience. When you can't accept yourself... It's pretty tough to think anybody else can accept you. 41% of those that go down the road of transgendering, they reject their gender. 41% of them have attempted suicide. That's almost one out of every two have attempted suicide. Again, it comes back to to absolute rejection of themselves. Yet they will yell, scream, and demand that we accept their fantasy life, their fantasy world, and what they want to be like. But they won't even accept themselves to start with. This is what is happening. You see, Satan is the author and the obsessor of death. By any means, by all means, he uses lies to convince people. 
It is that dark life. And, and I have said for some time, uh, so many of the games are just so dark and evil. So much of how people are dressing and, and the makeup and everything, it is so dark and evil. And in all of that darkness, there's an obsession with death. And you'll see the skeletons and, and just so much of it is all centered around death. By by absolute opposite, Jesus Christ is the author of life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He gives life. He gives eternal life. He's about abundant life, the fullness of life. But when you reject that, this is what they get. One of the things that I mentioned in my class in the morning is... Young people, and I'm talking to Christians, you need to learn how to deal with sin in your life. And not only young people, but adults. You need to learn how to deal with sin in your life. And the Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I encourage the young people and I encourage you, learn to deal with your sin quickly because there can become a problem that if it begins festering and and growing and blistering within, and now all of a sudden, now you're dealing with this persona that people perceive you as, as one of the great Christians within the church, but you've got this sin that's behind the scene that nobody knows about, and you don't know how to deal with it. You can come to the point of hopelessness and sadly commit suicide because you don't feel like you can deal with it, and there's nothing you can do. And so even for Christians, if we let sin get in the way, we can get to that point of hopelessness. That night, Brother Winters, in his message, said that he had previously pastored in Oregon. Same day, I spoke about this in the morning. He preached on this that evening. He And, and I don't think he was there at the class. I don't recall him being there at the class to know what I had said. But that evening, he was talking about a couple that was back in Oregon where he had previously pastored. He said there was a young couple. Uh, they, they had married and they were serving in the church and growing. And, and he said from all appearances, uh, one of the uh, great couples of the church and almost an example of, of a godly young couple, I think he was around 30, 32, uh, they were young. And all of a sudden he committed suicide. But before he committed suicide, he divulged just enough that there was sin in his life. Some sinful things. I don't know what it is. But there were some sinful things in his life that he felt like he couldn't deal with it. And he couldn't face the world. He didn't think. Folks, God's grace is sufficient. And not only when the lost loses hope, Does it become a tragic thing? But when believers lose sight of the hope that you can have in Christ and through Christ, it can end in a great tragedy. And so what I want to do is I want to look at 
10 themes, and, and there's more that I went through and to see what does the Bible have to say about hope so that we can, can understand how we can have a hope that is solid, that is secure, that is sure, that can motivate us in life. And we're going to have to go quickly that time. I think they put a high-speed clocks in here. But our time has gone quickly. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to go through these. I'll try to do it quickly, but not too quick. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 through 20. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation that has to do with our comfort, assurance. God cannot lie, so what he tells us, what he shows us in his word, he cannot lie. We can have a strong consolation of what he says who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Sometimes when things seem bad, you just need to get up and run to to, to Jesus Christ and the refuge of hope. Think of the Old Testament city of refuge. And when somebody had accidentally killed somebody else, they didn't waste time. They didn't dally around. They ran to the city of refuge. Folks, flee to Christ the refuge of hope, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. If any of you have ever been on a boat fishing or whatever and had to cast an anchor out, that anchor, if it's a good one, it goes down and it'll hook into the mud or whatever. Now, that boat might just float around whatever the length of that rope is, but it's not going anywhere. It's solid. It's secure. My friend, that is our hope in Jesus Christ. He is a solid, secure hope. He is the anchor that that keeps us steadfast, that that keeps us going forward in Jesus Christ, that that, uh, keeps us from from going down the trail or the stream uh, of despair and hopelessness. We have an anchor of hope, and that is Jesus Christ. Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. There's several verses. I'm just going to read the first two, verse 49 and 50. Remember the word which thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. All of those verses there speak of how the word of God speaks of our hope. Our hope in God is defined and declared by the word of God. It gives us clarity with that. Our hope is grounded upon the Word, and the Word is truth. It gives us the truth that we are not ignorant, that we live in an evil world full of bad things. We're not naive. We're not misinformed. We realize that this world is run by the wicked and by sinners. And we understand that an awful lot of sinners run wild. And there's a lot of bad stuff going on. 
I said it was nice to be up at camp because uh, I didn't hear about all of the bad stuff that was going on in our country. I didn't listen to all of the news and all of the fuss and all of the fight. And I thought, wow, it's just great. Everything's great. But do you know what? We understand the reality. Um, The truth, God has a purpose for all things for us. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them that love Him. That's the human side. 2 Corinthians 4, 15, it talks about all things that happen in our life so that we can redound to the glory of God. There's not an incident that comes into our life, but what we can use it as an opportunity to bring glory to God. All of this struggle and, and trials and a tough journey with Kim and, and with cancer, it's tough. We know we've had it in our family, but it's an opportunity to glorify God. It's an opportunity that we learn and and He teaches us and He shows us things about ourselves and and He uses us. But it is a way, the truth, you know, when bad things happen to Christians, they, they do. But we can glorify God through them. The truth that God has a di- divinely appointed limits for trials in our life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He knows what God will enable us to be able to bear. And when it gets to that point, He has promised. This is one of those promises for those that were in our devotional booklet. Uh, you can look at this for your study. And if you're wanting a promise from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, He said He won't let you have to struggle more than God will help you bear. There's a promise by God. The truth, our hope goes beyond the grave. John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. Our hope is not just in this life, but it reaches beyond this life to our home in heaven. (coughs) Turn to Job. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Beginning with verse 13. Well, I don't have time to read all of this. But most of this is recording all of the great hardships that Job faced. Lost his livestock, lost his servants, lost his crop, lost his children. And then he says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. And the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Do you know what? If there had been sin in Job's life, it would have clouded over his view of hope in God. That's what happened to that young man a little over 30 years of age out in Oregon. Sin in his life clouded his view of the real hope he could have in God. You see, it doesn't matter how bad things get in life. I don't know that any of us have incurred Things as bad as Job incurred. He even lost his health. And then his wife, in her comforting counsel, says, 
Just curse God and die. But he didn't lose his hope. But if we as believers allow sin to cloud our perspective, our hope will be diminished. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, number 4. Ephesians 2.12. It says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Without salvation, the unbeliever has no secure hope. It's talking about those that was outside of the salvation of God, outside of the covenant of God, outside of a relationship with God. There's no hope. From start to finish without Christ, there's no secure hope. Well, they can hope for some good things to happen in life, but there's not a secure hope that they can have. Jeremiah 18. Go back to the Old Testament. Jeremiah 18. Verse 11 and 12. Now therefore, go, go to, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return ye now, every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. Here he's telling the people, you're going down the wrong road, you're making bad choices, you're going to be living in sin, change your course. And they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices. And we will, every one, do the imagination of his evil heart. I think one of the great tragedies is when a person knows there is no hope in their evil way, yet they continue to pursue the evil devices of their heart. Isaiah 38. Isaiah 38. Verse 18. Isaiah 38. For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. Biblical hope is available only to the living. It will never be an option for the unsaved dead. For the believer, the three great things that is identified in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and charity. What is the greatest of the three? Charity. Do you know why? It's the only one that's eternal out of the three. Because when we go to be with Christ, our faith will be sight. And our hope will be realized. But charity goes on. We won't need hope after the grave. Because it will all be realized in Christ. But for the person without Christ... The moment life is gone, there is never another opportunity for hope. It is an eternal condemnation, an eternal punishment. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians, let's go to 1 John 3. Let's do that one. 1 John 3. You can look at the other verse 
at your own leisure. But First John 3, 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. You see, biblical hope can motivate you to make the right choice. When your hope is full and full steam ahead in Jesus Christ, and you have the hope of the great things that God has promised for you, it can motivate you to make the right choices in life. Then with that, making right choices, Psalm 31, 19 to 24. Psalm 31, 19 to 24. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of men. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed is the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentiful rewardeth the proud doer. Be ye of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Do you know sometimes it's not easy to do right? You make the right choice and you try to move forward and, and because of, uh, of the blessed hope and <coughs> because our hope is anchored in Jesus Christ, we make the right choices. But after we make the right choices, sometimes it can be kind of hard. It can be difficult. It can become wearisome. And here the psalmist says that after we make the right choice, he'll give us the hope to strengthen us when it's hard, when it's difficult. When it seems impossible, He will give us the strength through the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, Psalm 16. Psalm 16, verse 7 through 9. The lines are fallen with me. The lines are fallen with me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a good, goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh shall rest in hope. Here's three things when things are tough. Because of our hope, it motivates us to make right choices. Because sometimes right choices can can be a hard road to travel down. And being faithful and and doing right can be hard. And and we can struggle and we can go with that. But not only does he give us the strength, but here he says he gives us the joy to continue doing right. We we don't, okay, God, He's given us the strength and we're gritting our teeth and we got the strength and we keep going and I'm just trying to endure. No, He gives us the joy. Even when it's hard, even when it's tough, even when it's difficult, even when it seems formidable, and even when we have to fight against our own flesh, He gives us the joy of doing what is right. Because our hope is in God. 
Jeremiah 17, 7. Jeremiah 17, 7. And this is another good one. In Jeremiah 17, 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. To live with a strong hope in God is to be blessed. That means to live in God's favor. One of the illustrations I've used is, you know what, have, have you ever thought somebody was the teacher's pet? They just get more favor from the teacher than anybody else. Have you ever thought, well, they're mom and dad's favorite son or favorite daughter, and they just get more favor than anybody else? Well, let's not talk about that tonight. But do you know what? Those who are resolved in their hope and secure in their hope live in God's favor. That's what it means to be blessed, to live in God's favor. To live in God's favor is to enjoy just unique special blessings, blessings of encouragement, blessings of strength, blessings of joy. It's just to live in God's favor. It's to to grasp how He daily loadeth us with His benefits, living in God's favor. One closing verse is in Job 17.15, and it is a final question that he poses. Where will you place your hope? You see, every believer here tonight has the opportunity to place your solid hope in Jesus Christ. If you place it in what you can accomplish, if you place it in a job, if you place it in anybody and anything other than God, you're going to be disappointed. Where will you place your hope for your life in Christ? Father, we come to you this morning. What, what a challenging set of verses. Lord, we are so privileged. We are so blessed. You are so good to us, and yet we are so unworthy and undeserving. It was overwhelmingly too much. We we didn't deserve salvation, but Father, you have not stopped there. You you continue to load us with, with your favor and blessings and goodness as we continue in life. And so, Father, we understand, we know assuredly that we will never be disappointed if we put our hope in you in a biblical way. Strengthen every believer here tonight. If there's someone here that's not saved, Father, the the only hope they can think of is redemption through Jesus Christ. Bring them to repentance and faith so they can experience that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Once more, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 
800-268-8539. Or you may go to our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com and click on the Give tab. We would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 930, Sunday school at 1050, and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And until we meet again, be sure you are...
the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amazing grace. How the sound that saved a wretch like me. This is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. And our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit WarriorsRevolution.com. That's WarriorsRevolution.com. Reasons to Own Gold, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank, which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. 
This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. As 1360 continues to grow, we want to know what our listeners think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to 1360KHNC.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. Hi, this is Tammy Cuthbert Garcia with Naturally Inspired Radio. Tune in Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. for the latest in natural health news. Get real solutions for healthy living and hear from our inspiring guests that are leading the way in health and freedom. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests,